This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast we are back for another week i am chip brown joined as always by our fearless leader at horns 24 7 the managing editor taylor estes and it's taylor's birthday today folks so happy happy birthday to you okay it's great taylor's like shut up let's get on with it and um and taylor there's a lot to get into but i mean you know, should we, is there anything you are hoping to get for your birthday? Um, you know, <laughs> other than you singing to me, that's all that I really need. I just need okay, to be serenaded a few times. So no, yeah. I mean, uh, it is my birthday. I don't really, I'm not too fond of this one, but it's all right. <laughs> so yeah. the good news is my brother and um, I were looking at older pictures and it was, I think a picture from like my 20, like fifth birthday or something. And he was like, Oh my gosh, you don't look any different. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I knew you're my favorite brother for a reason. Oh, you're the best <laughs> brother, whatever you want. Yeah. Brother. Um, well, good, good. Yes. You don't look a day over 23. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Chip. I know that you're saying that through clenched teeth, but I appreciate it. Oh. Hey, listen, <laughs> you're, you're doing great. So um, we are underway with spring football, and it's been kind of a it's kind of like uh, the SS Minnow here for a minute. But look, it's early. Um, Jake Smith has some kind of stress fracture. Sark called it a broken foot. Jake Smith, the, the highly recruited wide receiver from Arizona and has made, made some plays, shown you some flashes. But, I mean, Jordan Shipley's name comes to mind. Jordan couldn't get healthy for the first couple of years that he was at Texas. Then he ends up as the all-time receptions leader. If, if the story can finish like that for Jake Smith, then great. But on the first day of spring football, he's injured and we're still waiting for the injury timetable on that. If it's a stress fracture, it's probably six to eight weeks. And then rehab, if it's a broken foot, who knows? Because you have 52 bones in your foot. It's a jigsaw puzzle. And that's that's just a tough, uh, tough injury for any football player. But um, they, they are underway with spring football. And from what I hear day one was, was kind of rough for the offense. Receivers were dropping passes. Uh, the quarterbacks, um, each had an interception, uh, Casey Thompson, Hudson card Casey's interception was in seven on seven Hudson's was in team and 
and they had flashes of of good stuff too, good reads, good completions. Both had got some praise from Steve Sarkeesian. In fact, um, he he understood, if you will, the the interceptions. And and look, the defense was on point. From what I hear, the linebackers were right where they were supposed to be in coverage, and the defensive backs were breaking on the ball. So day one, we're not going to overcook it, but then. Day two, and the team wasn't even practicing on Wednesday, but they're doing meetings and stuff like that. We hear that Juwan Mitchell, the team's leading tackler, was telling teammates he's leaving the team. And one source told me, you know, there was some academic struggles. And so it's unclear at this moment if he's being forced to take some time away from the team because of academics or if this is his decision and Juwan Mitchell has entered the transfer portal in the past and came back uh, to, to play. So he's been a tough guy to read. And, and so we are uh, chasing that story as we speak. And Taylor, linebacker is a position where Texas lacks proven depth as it is. Right. And especially at inside linebacker and DeMarvian Overshawn, the weak side linebacker is already out with a shoulder injury will miss the spring. So you're going to see a lot of these young cats. I mean, Jalen Ford, Jaden Hullaby, David Benda. You got a couple early enrollee freshmen um, in Terrence Cooks and DJ Harris. Marcus Tillman's gotten back into shape. So let's see what you got, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Chip, you were the one that first reported the story about Juwan Mitchell. And I mean, we've talked almost exhaustively, I feel like, about how linebacker has been a position of concern. I mean, that was a position that Steve Sarkeesian, you know, after he was able to watch a little bit of film, that was one of the ones that he was concerned about. You know, he's been happy with the wide receivers. There's a lot of, you know, bodies there and tight ends. Um, offensive line was a little bit of a question for him, but the linebackers has always been one for him since he, you know, he hasn't really gone off of that. So if Juwan Mitchell, I mean, it, it's kind of hard. You're right. Because he's been wishy-washy. I mean, there's no other way to put it, you know, and I'm not trying to knock the kid, but he has been, I mean, he said last summer that he was not going to play a snap for the program. Then he answers the transfer portal. Then he pulls his name out. And now he's telling, you know, um, according to your sources, telling, teammates, you know, that he's leaving. I mean, it, it's, um, he doesn't seem to be at this point, a reliable option. Now, Texas has added a little bit of depth to the overall linebacker position, but as you mentioned, you know, I mean, this spring, they don't, they're not even going to have, um, DeMarvian Overshawn that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian told us that he actually had a shoulder procedure during spring break. So he'll be out. So it's going to, I mean, if these younger linebackers on the roster, really want to prove themselves, this is their time to shine. I mean, if, if Juwan Mitchell is telling teammates that the coaches, if I'm a coach, I'm going to be like, all right, see ya. Like, you're not going to tell your teammates that you're leaving and then stick around in the locker room. Like I would, I would say, all right, like go ahead. We'll let these other guys prove themselves or you want to be bought in, you know? So it's definitely not the position that Texas fans are probably were thinking, oh, it's okay, you know, for this one to lose a, a proven body because they, you know, they can't at this point. And um, he's got to get it together, though. I mean, 
at the end of the day, he's a really talented athlete. He is. And when he is bought in and when he is performing at his best, he is good. You know, there's not, it's not like he's should be a second teamer, but there's no depth on the team. So that's why he starts. That wasn't the case, you know? And I think that he's really got to get his mind right here because this has just been a continuous issue a little bit with him of whether or not he's even like a part of this program or wanting to be a part of the program. Yeah. And if, if you're academically suspended, I get it. You know, Selvin Young had to leave Texas, go to a, a community college, get his grades up and then re enter Texas. Right. And Selvin Young ended up helping win a national championship. There are, there are situations where, if you're on academic suspension, you have to step away from the team. Then can you get your work done? Can you do what you need to do? He's shown he has been able to stay eligible for, you know, the first years that he's been here. So he's obviously capable, but here we go. So we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that. That's a great reason to get over to horns 24 seven, um, we were the first ones to tell you about Brendan Schooler going from wide receiver to, to defensive back. And we'll always uh, try to keep you a step ahead of, of the average bear here as we pursue uh, all things spring football under Steve Sarkeesian. And he, in Sarkeesian did give praise. Um, he said, athletically, he, he really likes how Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Jordan Whittington look on offense and on defense. He he said Anthony Cook. I mean, Anthony it's Cook awesome. jumped out. Uh, Josh Thompson and Alfred Collins. So it's early. I mean, we, it is so early that it's almost not even worth talking about. But it's here and it's happening and there is news. And so the first day of spring practice was in helmets and shorts, no pads whatsoever. So it was a lot of seven on seven, 11 on 11, really can the receivers get where they need to be and are the linebackers and defensive backs where they need to be and are the quarterbacks making the right reads. That's really the takeaway from, from day one. And I did have a source say that the quarterback position is, is going to be just fine. Now it's day one, right? Let's wait till they put the pads on because I mean, Casey Thompson and Hudson card were apparently throwing the ball. It was coming out hot. It was on target and both those guys can spin it. So that's, uh, that's going to develop over these 15 practices don't forget, you know, put it in your phone, spring game, April 24th. But um, those are the, those are the big headlines right now, Taylor. Right. You know, Chip, um, one thing about the quarterback position and I, I don't know, I'm probably just reading, reading into it a little bit too much, but I did think it was interesting when Steve Sarkeesian was asked about the quarterback rotation and how they were going to handle that throughout spring practice. And he said that they're both going to get reps with the ones and twos, but he said Hudson card first. And I'm always really big on the, the context clues a little bit. So I'm kind of curious to see how he does talk about the quarterbacks moving forward, because saying Hudson, he said, you know, when he was asked that question, it was, yeah, Hudson and Casey will get reps with the ones. So that kind of makes me think, and again, I mean, this is off season, obviously, you know, we're, 
we're trying to find anything pos possible, you know, about if we can get information on what's actually happening behind closed doors. But did you notice that yep. when he was talking to us? Yep. He was asked who got the first reps with the first team on the first day of spring practice. And Sarkeesian said Hudson Card and Casey Thompson um, will both rotate with the ones and it will continue that way throughout the spring. Mm -hmm. So everyone's reading into it because they want to know and it's a battle. And so anytime you feel like you can get a little glimpse or a little tea leaf into where this outcome is, is going, everybody wants to, uh, to, to jump on it. And look, it's exciting. It's Texas. The quarterback position at Texas is in a lot of ways like the quarterback position with the Cowboys. It's the most talked about position in the state. So it's, it's going to be fun. And, and hopefully these guys are, you know, it's going to be iron sharpens iron. It's interesting. Sark runs a really high rep practice and it's up tempo. And he's, he was, you, you could tell he was clearly not, I don't know if disappointed is the word, but guys were gassed at the end of that practice. Cause he said, we got to get out of survival mode late in practice. And that will come with more conditioning. And so, and we've already heard him talk about how he wants some bigger players on the, you know, in the front seven on defense. So it's going to be interesting to, to see how this plays out. But um, Taylor, we're also picking up the pieces here because we have not talked since Texas basketball went off a cliff. They win, they win the big 12 tournament first time in program history, believe it or not. There should be an and, asterisk next to it. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, Kansas game was canceled. They yeah. played one game to get into the tournament. Go, but go on. Sorry. <laughs> well, they, they beat tech, which is a rarity. So you, you take that and say, okay, all right. Shaka finally, he was one in seven in his last eight against Chris Beard. And, and he beats Texas tech. He's supposed to play Kansas or Texas is supposed to play Kansas. Sorry. And then they end up getting the walkover into the final and Oklahoma state upsets Baylor. So Texas gets Oklahoma state in the finals. Gr great game. Mm -hmm. And Matt Coleman had to hit big free throws late. I mean, they were gutsy and showed a lot of heart in both of those wins. And you're sitting there going, okay, this is finally what we've been waiting for. All this experience, all this know-how is finally manifesting and showing up in, in resulting in a big 12 tournament final. And Texas was the number nine team in the country going into the NCAA tournament. They were the top overall three seed in the tournament and got paired up with Abilene Christian, who has one player you got to account for really. And then they had a bunch of scrappers who were just going to sell out to make life difficult, turn you over, which they did. Well, yeah, but they're an undersized team. I mean, they turned Texas over 23 times. Texas looked terrible. And they were back to, I mean, I don't know, Taylor. I, I still can't believe. And it was a terrible game. Oh, yeah. So I, I saw a stat and it, um, 
it was last week that I saw it. So I may not get this exactly right, but Abilene Christian was the first team in NCAA history to shoot less than 30% from just on the court and less than 20% from three point range to win an NCAA tournament game. Before this, it was 0 for 40. 0 for 40. And this, they took down a three seed and then they go and get absolutely annihilated the next week. I mean, we've given Shaka Smart a lot of benefit of the doubt this year on the flagship podcast, Chip. I think that we have, you know, I, I called him Shaka this cat and because he has nine lives, it seems, you know, seems to kind of sneak his way out of um, adversity a little bit. But at this point, how does anybody defend this? How do you, as a Texas administrator, as a booster, as a supporter of the university, how can you watch this continue where it's just an embarrassment? I mean, this is literally one of the more people want to talk about Texas football and how, you know, Sam Ellinger in the 2018 um, or, you know, following the 2018 season when they beat Georgia and the Sugar Bowl, the whole we're back thing. People mock that all the time. What the hell is Texas basketball doing? How, how is this not something where national pundits at this point are saying Shaka Smart has to go? Because I like the guy. He's a good, you know, leader of young men. I've said that all along. Personally, I think Shaka Smart's a good person, but he is not the coach for Texas and he shouldn't be anymore. I mean, well, I, how, how many millions of dollars has he made? And yet he has 19. zero NCAA tournament $19 million wins. earned zero NCAA tournament wins. He's and stealing money at this point. He's yeah. stealing money and he may lose up to possibly what? Seven of 11 of his roster members this year. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, make sure you check out the insider this week because we'll do a, a deep dive into all things Shaka smart. What's going on? Because there's news there too. Royce ham who ever, all these players have one more year of eligibility because of the COVID-19 red shirt. And so Royce Hamm, a senior, announced he's going into the transfer portal uh, as a graduate transfer to finish somewhere else. And this is his time. I mean, they're losing. So we'll, I'll, I'll give a little glimpse into the insider, but uh, I talked to a source who is close to the program. They hope that Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Jace Febris will return with Brock Cunningham and Kamaka Hepa. But they're expecting to lose Matt Coleman, Jericho Sims, Greg Brown, and Kai Jones. And that's, that's a lot. I mean, right. um, Andrew Jones was the leading scorer, but Coleman was sort of the engine that drove the team. And then, my gosh, you had the best probably the most athletic front court in the country with Jericho Sims Greg Brown and Kai Jones and and you can't you couldn't beat Abilene Christian I just uh I don't know that was a stunner and it I I I get it people are like well you know Shaka's had to deal with stuff they they weren't together for night no 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 that they get, they were together at the end. They were playing their best basketball going into the NCAA tournament. And then in game, they couldn't adjust in game. Shaka couldn't get it going. 
Right. And when you have a veteran team like that and you're trying to, you know, we got rid of Rick Barnes because he was starting to lose in the first round and second round of the NCAA tournament after going to a final four, a couple of elite eights, a few sweet 16s. And Shaka in year six has no wins in the NCAA tournament. I've, I've said he is, his last NCAA tournament win was at VCU in 2013. So, so what happens now? And, and I'm telling you right now, it's crickets. It's crickets everywhere you turn to get any indication about what's going to happen. Cause I wrote going into the NCAA turn, going into the postseason that Shaka was going, his agent, Jimmy Sexton was going to push for a contract extension because Shaka has two years remaining after this past season at 3.5 million and 3.6 million. So his buyout, it's a fully guaranteed contract. His buyout is $7.1 million. And you can't get anyone right now to tell you if it's, oh, he can come back, but no extension, or we're still trying to decide, or because I'll just put this out there, okay? Chris Beard, UT grad at Texas Tech University, whose buyout, by the way, drops from $5 million to $4 million after April 1st, is the hot name at Indiana mm-hmm. where there's a vacancy. And we all know that Chris Beard coached under Bob Knight and Indiana would love to have Chris Beard. And why not? He took Texas Tech to an Elite Eight in year two at Tech, took him to the national championship game in year three. And, and you know, his teams are, are tough and, and he recruits and knows how to, bringing transfers when he needs them. And, you know, his teams, that was a hell of a game. I don't know if people watched it between tech and Arkansas. Arkansas was the three seed tech, the six seed. And my God, you had to, you had to fight scratch and claw for everything you got in that game. It was a great game. Both teams playing at a high level tech missed a couple of layups. Was there a foul late? Who knows, but they lost. And, and so, you know, then Marquette is open. Marquette's in Wisconsin. Shaka grew, grew up there in Madison. You know, is that a spot he would like to go? I Could think something Jimmy Sexton would probably push him to go to at this point. I mean, if, if Shaka's not happy, if he doesn't feel appreciated or whatever, then he could go to his agent and say, yeah, let's get in the mix and at Marquette or DePaul or, you know, one of these other jobs. And, and so we wait on that, but the fact that the roster is going to be a, a makeover, a, a rebuild, how does that make you feel about Shaka? Because his best team, he had his best team this year and won the Big 12 tournament and then goes into the NCAA tournament. And it's, it looks like they were back in year two when they went 11 and 22. It looked like it, a JV. That was terrible. Was terrible. Yeah, it was. And I mean, there's no defending it at this point, Chip. Like, there's none. I mean, the fact that any if anybody is even thinking that Shaka deserves a contract extension, I would be like, I'll have what you're having because you're obviously blackout drunk wasted thinking that <laughs> this is something that's deserving. I mean, but at the same time, 
I have to ask you, you know, you've covered this program for more than 25 years now. Um, what do you think that there are coaches out there that would want this job like a Chris Beard, if he could have, I mean, this is, this is not going to be an easy, if all those players leave, this will be a absolutely depleted roster. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't truly well, follow here. a ton of basketball recruiting, you know, so it, that it's a weird type of thing with basketball recruiting. You never know what you can bring in, but is this a job that an elite coach wants? Well, I think you, uh, I think a guy like Chris Beard, who is Mr. Texas. I mean, he grew up in Texas. He went to Texas. Right. He worked for Tom Penders as, as a student assistant. Um, he has coached at Abilene Christian and Angelo State and, I mean, the guy knows every back road in the state of Texas. He's beloved here and he doesn't care what he's like MacGyver. He doesn't care what shape it's in. He's like, let me get in there. Just let me get in there and fix up the engine. I, I, I got this. And he does it with such enthusiasm and zeal. And everybody, like I said, these other coaches, he gets along with everybody. I mean, he's a little folksy. He said he made a joke about oh hey did you pack for a month because they're all in indianapolis and he's like well i don't pack like the women in my life you know they mm -hmm. they pack everything eh. look i mean yeah i mean i don't but it is true <laughs> and he said the women in my life not like all women but yeah. you know he's folksy but listen that guy would be a great fit in my opinion there are other coaches i think out there and and they may not be quite the fit uh, at texas because they would be coming in from other conferences or or what have you but it's interesting right now because there's speculation that arizona could open um, they have a coach right now and and if Arizona opens, there's speculation Scott Drew would be in line for that job. And, and so, look, everyone says, oh, Texas is not a basketball school. Well, you know what makes you a basketball school? The coach. Yeah, hiring, the, coach. <laughs> hiring the right guy. Arizona was nothing until Lute Olson got there. Then they were a basketball school. And then, you know, Sean Miller comes in inherits this great basketball tradition. Guess what? Texas Tech is a basketball school. You know why? Because of Chris Beard. Because they're always in the tournament. They're always a threat, blah, blah, blah. Baylor is a basketball school because Kim Mulkey and Scott Drew have built them into that. And that's all it takes. It just takes the right coach. I mean, when Texas was going to the Final Four and Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteens under Rick Barnes, they were a basketball school. Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, you kidding me? Yeah. And I do think it's interesting, Taylor, that there is there seems to be a push from those players I just mentioned um, to get Royal Ivy some consideration if Texas makes a change. And Royale's been an assistant coach in the NBA. He's the ultimate grinder. Players love him. He's Kevin, one of Kevin Durant's best friends. And I love Royale. I covered him from Queens. I mean, 
he was a very lightly recruited guy who now has the number 24 for, you know, at Texas means something. If you wear 24, you're the best defender out there. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Del Conte plays this because you got this new arena coming on and it's not going to be ready for next season. It's going to probably be open in April after next season, but the three this gorgeous new arena, 388 million. It will open before that for concerts from what I understand. Cause remember C3 is part of the ownership group of this Moody center. And, but you got to have excitement. And, and so we're on the clock here and we'll see, we'll see what kind of spending mood Texas is in, or if Shaka smarts ready to, to look at, another option. And so we, again, we will keep you posted at horns 24 seven. So I have, I know there's going to be a ton of people that disagree with like a ton. So I, I understand that before I say this, why not try to hire Kim Mulkey? I've, you know, I've said, (laughs) I've said if there's one woman coach, Mm -hmm. um, who can coach men's basketball, in my opinion, it's, it's Kim Mulkey. Yeah. Because she knows exactly what she's looking for and knows exactly what it takes to win. Um, I I've said, I'd, I'd rather have Kim Mulkey than Shaka smart. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not that's... trying again. I'm not trying. People think I hate Shaka. I don't hate Shaka at all, no, but you... I understand I've covered Rick Barnes. I know what, good basketball looks like. I know what it takes. I know what good coaching looks like. And, and Kim Mulkey's a hell of a coach. I mean, she gets the most out of her players every single night and she's hard on them, but she loves them. And, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Taylor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, mean, I wouldn't be if, if Del Conte said next week or after the women's tournament is over, Kim Mulkey's going to be the next coach of the Texas Longhorns. I don't think he would do it, but I'd be like, you know what? They're going to win. Yeah. They're going to win. I mean, win. in ele- the last 11 seasons, the most losses that her teams have had is five. Most yeah. conference losses they've had is two. It'd be fascinating because it's one thing. We're seeing coaches, female coaches at the pro level mm-hmm. where guys are already there. Right. With recruiting, would recruits respond to Kim Mulkey? And I think she would make them respond. She's got I, that kind of personality. She just would challenge them. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to make you the best player. I'm going to turn you into a lottery pick. So what are we waiting on? But yeah. it's, it's fascinating. And, and look, I'm not sure that the powers that be at Texas thought they were going to be making a football coaching change when they did. And after that Big 12 tournament, I don't think they were thinking that they were going to be making a basketball coaching change, but I, I just know from the silence I'm, I'm getting that something's up that either, either they're in huddle mode to see, okay, well, if we make a move, who can we get? Or let's wait a little while to see if Shaka really wants out and is willing to take one of these other jobs So we're in this kind of wait and see limbo period. Meanwhile, Taylor, tonight 
Um, we're, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, Taylor's birthday. But tonight, Vic Schaefer and the, the Texas women's basketball team, I think got, they got the worst. Well, they definitely got the worst draw uh, as a six seed because they're going up against the highest overall three seed in the tournament, UCLA, and UCLA's enormous. I mean, they have one player below six foot one. All their guards are six one. They have a six four post player. Um, and their best player is five nine. And she's the smallest player in their top seven rotation. Meanwhile, Texas has one player over six feet, and that is Charlie Collier, their six five, uh, Lisa Leslie Award finalist center. So this is the worst matchup for Texas because they have struggled against size this season. And I mean, they lost Oklahoma state who has size. They obviously lost to Baylor. It's a tough matchup. If, if Vic Schaefer could find a way to win this game, wow. Um, that would be something. So he's, he did what he was supposed to do. He, he beat Bradley, beat him badly. And probably call your 23 points, 15 rebounds. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Collier. Woo. Yeah. And then Her some fans were overrated. Come yeah. on. <laughs> some fans were yelling overrated. What? Bradley go home. Okay. Go back, yeah. <laughs> go back to your mom's basement, whatever. <laughs> but so that in um, Texas baseball, they bounce back from their Sunday loss to Baylor. They do win the Baylor series uh, two games out of three um, Colby, Kubacek got roughed up and, and Tanner Witt, the freshman who's been really good at coming in and kind of stopping the bleeding inherited bases loaded and, and it got away from uh, Texas in that one, but they bounced back and they beat, they thrash incarnate word. Uh, Pete Hansen looked good four and a third innings and uh, Cole Quintanilla. He's been really good in relief situations. He's got a 0.087 ERA in six appearances, uh, scoreless relief last night. He got the win actually. And, and the bats have been, have been hot. So they got Oklahoma this week, Taylor and Oklahoma has been a little up and down. This will be Oklahoma's first big 12 series and it, it'll be at dish field. So um, skip Johnson, the former Texas pitching coach coaching the Sooners. So that'll be fun. But I was talking to um, my man, Nate Thornhill, the former Texas pitcher, and he just likes how well-rounded this Texas baseball team is. The fact that they're, they've got good, I mean, a lights out starter um, and time adding really good stuff from Tristan Stevens is the number two guy. And then, you know, the number three guy is interesting because I think they were looking at Pete Hansen, the lefty redshirt freshman, and he had COVID or sorry, COVID issues and his in some injuries. And so his preparation was slowed down. And so Colby Kubacek moved into that spot and Tanner Witt, my God, I mean, you almost want to see him get a start. And by the way, Tanner Witt against incarnate word two for two hitting, um, with a double, this guy is special. I think, I mean, looks good. So Texas baseball, big, big weekend and uh, Texas softball struggled against Louisiana. They had four errors in a loss and the second of a, of a double header and, and Molly Jacobson got the worst of that. Cause she got charged. Well, 
Texas gave up five runs while she was in there, but only two were earned. Those four errors, that's atypical for Texas softball, but they're 20 and three. So uh, things are rolling along. And the Texas women finished third in the NCAA swimming and diving. That's their first podium finish um, since like 01. And Eddie Reese in his number one ranked Longhorns are about to hit the pool as the favorites to win his 15th national championship. So by this time next week, Taylor on the flagship podcast, we might have some, I don't know. You know, Eddie, Eddie's so humble. He'd be like, Chip, you just, you just take it a day at a time. My friend, he'd be like, shut your mouth right now. (laughs) Shut your mouth. You crazy galoot. So, um, all right, Taylor, you ready to, uh, to get to some love it or leave it. Yeah. So Chip, we'll take a, a really quick break here. Um, but when we return, we will bring back love it or leave it. We're going to talk about uh, what we really think about Shaka Smart. I think we kind of gave some of that away, but uh, in love it or leave it plus um, stuff about spring football. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chip, ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All righty. Love me some love it or leave it, especially on your birthday. Yeah. So love it or leave it. I'm your favorite employee or coworker. Just kidding. <laughs> no, oh, I was going to say, I was going to say love it or leave it. This is the best birthday you've ever had because you got to spend some of it right here on the flagship podcast. Yes. With all of our amazing listeners there, but all right, no, for real. So chip, my first one for you is love it or leave it. Shaka smart should be let go as a basketball coach at Texas. So, um, this is a tricky one because if Shaka smart were to leave, he wouldn't have to be a let go, right. but I do think there needs to be a coaching change. So I will love this. And, um, again, no Shaka smart, great guy. You'd love to have him as a camp counselor for your kid at a summer camp. He's got great theories. He's a, he writes down quotes. He's a, he's a great life observer, but when it comes to X and an Owen against Bill self and, and Chris Beard, I wouldn't put him in there. No, after what I've seen for six years. So I, I need at Texas, I need to have a basketball coach who can X and O with anybody because Texas has the resources to hire that guy. 
Right. And I hate to say it like that, but that's kind of how it goes. And, and so I'm going to love this because I do think there needs to be a change in the basketball program. If there was a lot of belief in the program, would Royce Ham and Donovan Williams be leaving? I mean, does Nick Saban have guys? How does Nick Saban keep playing for national championships? Because he, he coaches all of his players. He's honest with them and tells them, look, this may not be your time, but stay ready. And we're gonna, you're going to get your time next year. I mean, they lost Will Baker, the five-star center that they recruited from Westlake. They should have redshirted him and been honest with him and say, listen, we're going to turn you into a lottery pick, but it's going to be next year. You know, these guys are going to finish up and then you're the guy. Instead, he just sits there on the bench, not knowing what's going on. And it, that's on Shaka. Shaka's got to run his program. And so now they have no forward in the program other than Kamaka Hepa, who likes to shoot threes, you know, who's got any experience on this team. So uh, that's a long winded answer to say, I will love it. How about you, Taylor? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to love it. You know, there's no, there's the jig is up in my opinion. I think that's probably the best way I could say it. I mean, I've wanted Shaka to work out. So more, you know, like how we all do. I mean, Shaka is a good person. And unfortunately though, being a good person doesn't mean that you're good at your job and he's not good at his job. That's the end of the story at Texas. He's not good at his job and he's making way too much money at this point to continue to not have a single NCAA tournament win. And I mean, I saw something on Twitter this past after Texas lost that game and it made me laugh so hard, but it was literally like I, it was in response to one of my tweets and somebody said, how would anybody defend Shaka Smart right now? He has the same number of NCAA tournament wins as the homeless woman that screams at everybody on 7th and Congress every day. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's true though. I mean, literally, this is somebody, he's in over his head, apparently. He can't coach at Texas. He can't. And he, he may be able to coach, but he's not doing it successfully. And, you know, I think that it's unfortunate because for all the reasons we've always talked about. He's a good guy. He's a good, you know, leader for young men. I think he's a good, you know, kind of father figure for a lot of these uh, players too. But at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter anymore if you're not winning and he's not winning. And as much as it pains me a little bit to say this, he's got to go. And if he doesn't go, I'm going to really question what the University of Texas focus on basketball truly is. Because I mean, they got rid of Tom Herman after, you know, what, four se winning seasons. And it was because he couldn't, they didn't feel that he was able to do his job effectively. What the hell is Shaka doing right now? <laughs> so if, if the University of Texas Athletic Department truly does want success from all of its coaches, they've got to make a change, in my opinion. So I agree with you, Chip. I'm going to love this. And I don't want to love it, but I do at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So spinning off of that, my next one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. Chris Beard should be the next basketball coach at Texas. Listen, I I'm going to love this because and look, it's going to be expensive, folks. I mean, Chris Beard makes four point seven five million dollars a year right now at Tech because he came in making 
1.8 million, but in year two, he went to the elite eight. He got a raise. And then in year three, he took him to the national championship game and would have won if my man, Jared Culver didn't leave his man at the three point line and Virginia hits the shot. Anyway, it was that close. It was that close to tech winning the national championship and Kirby Hocutt, the athletic director at Texas tech, that's his signature hire. It was a brilliant hire. And we've reported on it here at horns 24 seven, that Kirby Hocutt was watching the regents meeting at UNLV and the way that the regents were questioning Chris Beard, it was like they didn't know if he was worthy of being the coach at UNLV. And Kirby Hoka watched the meeting online, called Chris Beard immediately and said, hey, I just want you to know, I can be there tomorrow. And Chris Beard said, can you be here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> and it was magical for Kirby Hocutt, smart 19 days. Beard was the coach at UNLV, but look what Beard has done at Texas tech. Again, he's, he is Texas. He went to the university of Texas, got a graduate degree at Abilene Christian. He's coached all over the state of Texas, everywhere he's been. He's won. He spent one year at UALR went 30 and five and upset Purdue in the NCAA tournament. Then he goes to tech as we said, year two, elite eight, year three, national championship game. And even this year's team, they were tough as nails. I mean, they swept Texas and were a tough out for everybody and an almost upset number three seed, Arkansas. So in my opinion, I'm going to love this. There are other coaches out there who are really talented, really good. And we're watching the NCAA tournament play out. Um, and, and so, you know, but to me, get the Texas graduate, get the guy who is the state of Texas, has all the respect to the high school coaches here, walks in, knows what he's looking for in recruiting, knows how to bring in transfers and get the most out of them. So Taylor. I mean, I'm going to have to agree too. I mean, there's, it's gotta be somebody. And you know, at this point, Shaka smart as I don't, I don't want to diminish what he did at VCU. However, that was a tiny, tiny program that he inherited. Like, let's be honest. I mean, there was a lot of talent on that team that made the run in the NCAA tournament. When was that? I don't even know how long ago that was now. But he has just, you know, I don't think Texas can afford at this point to go for another Shaka Smart-esque type of coach. I think that 19 million they've paid him. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like they have to pay Chris Beard the same you're paying Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, uh, I mean, obviously the university of Texas has the funds to do it and they're not, you know, running the bill for the new basketball arena. So I do think that helps and that should give them a lot more freedom to say, if we want to fill up this basketball arena that costs over $300 million, we got to pay for a coach that's going to make it a product that fans want to come see because Texas basketball has not. And I know fans haven't been able to see it much, you know, this year, but Texas basketball has not been a program that fans want to watch. If any, it's almost, yeah, it's been, a, and it's been that way the entire time that Shaka Smart's been there. I mean, they want to watch the big, they want to watch Jared Allen. They wanted to watch a Mo Bamba. They're not there to watch the team. 
And I think, you know, they wanted to probably watch Greg Brown. However, at the end of the day, they fans are not going to come to that arena. It's going to be an empty embarrassment that they're going to launch this new arena. They don't have a coach that brings fans in. And so I think Chris Beard is that coach. And I don't know if a, a lesser, like a little bit of a, not lesser at all, but like, you know, a, an up and comer. I don't know if that's the right answer at this right, point. Like right. Like a Porter Mosier at Loyola, Chicago. Right. Yes, exactly. You know, I think at this point you go have to go after, you have to go after the big guns. And if Chris Beard is interested, you freaking throw everything at him, you know, and that's the way I feel. So I agree with you on this one too. I'm going to love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it would be expensive and he would, he would come in maybe earning more than Sarkeesian, yeah. but look, that stuff makes headlines for like a week. And right. then it's all about, are you winning? Mm-hmm. And then no one pays attention. Yeah. If they're so, winning, no one's going to be questioning how much the coach is making. No one, exactly. no one in any sport. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, aren't Texas fans tired of having to know what their coaches buyouts are? You would think, you know? so, right? Mm, yeah. Right. Come on. I mean, all right. Listen, we got to get you off to your birthday. What's our last love it or leave it. All right. So my final one for you is love it or leave it. This will be the most anticipated spring football in a decade. In a decade, which takes us back to 2011, 2010. Those were some, those are some rough years in the programs. I'll say, (laughs) I'm going to say, I love this. I'm going to love it because here are my reasons for this. Um, A's hire A's, B's hire C's, and Steve Sarkeesian has hired a great staff. I believe that. And so I'm, I'm all in on watching this staff develop this team. Injuries, defections, suspension, whatever. I trust this coaching staff to make the right decisions. And and to grow this team. And then uh, I've already said, I'm, I'm high on the, the quarterback situation. Um, I think Casey Thompson's ready, but Hudson card is talented too. That's what you want. You want two talented quarterbacks going at it. Like you had with Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger and Sarkeesian's got to convince them that they're going to need both and, and handle that. But, um, uh, yes, this is the most anticipated and we're not going to know what's going on until September, but I think fans are excited. They have, I, I don't, I mean, obviously, you know, injuries, whatever, but they don't have a reason not to be excited at this point. And if you're going to have injuries, you'd rather have them now than in fall camp, like Troy O'Meary or, or O'Meary. Did he, is that how he, Put it on Twitter the other day, Troy O'Meara. I like that. Oh, O'Meara. <laughs> but you'd rather have that stuff now than in fall camp. How about you, Taylor? You know, I think if if I am talking from my personal standpoint, I would say yes that I love this. I do feel that Texas fans probably were most excited about the 2019 spring practice coming off of that big, Fair. you know, Sugar Bowl upset over number six ranked Georgia, you know, a team or number five, whatever they were at the time that was supposed to be playing for a college football playoff. 
Um, I feel like from a fan perspective, they probably would say that that was in the last decade, the most anticipated spring and leading up to fall. However, from my personal standpoint, I kind of have to love this a little bit because I agree with what you're saying. It's the coaching staff, you know, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, when he was hired, there were a lot of, I think there was a lot of Texas fans, in my opinion, I think that were like, wait, what, you know, kind of with that. I loved the hire from the jump and then seeing how the coaches that he got to actually come to the university of Texas. I mean, I I've been blown away to be honest. I mean, this is one of, in my opinion, probably the best coaching staffs that I have covered from top to bottom um, in the last 10 years of covering Texas for me. And so I do think that, um, or nine years, I guess it's nine years now, but uh, I do think that this is probably the most anticipated, you know, uh, spring for me personally. And, you know, I think that it does probably also kind of help a little bit that there is a quarterback controversy that people are into, you know, they're excited, they're eager to see who comes out ahead, you know, all of that, that hasn't really been the case for Texas since um, Sam Ellinger really just took the reins of the program and ran with it and did a great job of doing that. Um, But yeah, I think I have to love this. I think that this, I'm, I'm excited to see these coaches in person. I thought, you know, I have said this before, but I thought when uh, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, there's other reporters out there that kept saying that Blake Gideon was going to be the special teams coordinator. And we were the only ones that were, I was like, uh, I'm not coining that because if he can get Jeff Banks, Jeff Banks will be the special teams coordinator. And they're going to with want to do whatever they possibly can to hold on to him as long as they possibly can before he gets another head coaching job. I mean, the coaches that he got are so impressive to me. Um, so yeah, I think that I have to love this. I think I'm really eager to see what the staff can do. I do think that there is a talented roster, even though there are some question marks at different positions, but I think that if there's any coaches that are going to be able to come in proven coaches too, not just the hot commodity name, like Tom Herman was when he came in. I mean, let's be honest. He was, he was the hot name. He was the up and coming coach. I literally said when Tom Herman was hired, like, Oh, so this is a less experienced version of Charlie Strong and this is supposed to work, you know, <laughs> because, but it was like, he was the hot commodity. So with Steve Sarkeesian, with this staff, just everything he's done since he's gotten here um, and even hearing, you know, what the strength and conditioning program has kind of changed towards that it's different. And some players may think, you know, it is kind of different, but I, I really, I think that the philosophies that this whole staff from top to bottom are doing are really going to be something that Texas fans should be excited for. So I'm going to love that too. Well, we're excited for your birthday. (laughs) So with that, we will let you go on to the uh, party hats and cake (laughs) and, uh, and have a happy birthday. And until next week on the flagship podcast for Taylor Estes, the birthday girl, I am chip Brown. Get over to horns 24 seven and stay safe and keep the faith. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.